With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, it is time once again for another edition of the Pittsburgh Steelers Retro show from BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. My name is Brian Anthony Davis. I am the podcast producer. Along with me, as always, is Tony Defio. And if you like this show, we have so many shows on our audio platform that you need to get checking out. Like what? Like Let's Ride every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday with Jeff Hartman. We've got the Stat Geek on Thursdays with Mr. David Schofield, BTSC editor and Stat Geek extraordinaire. On Tuesdays, it's the deputy editor getting into the mix, Michael Beck, with the live mic. We have all of our YouTube shows as well to check out, including The Curtain Call, The Hangover with Tony and myself. We've got the Steelers preview. Tony, you've got a show too. That's It's a blockbuster. What's that show called? It's called Steelers Friday Night Six Pack. Thank you for the shout out. I, I enjoy doing that show every Friday night. That's a great show. People love Tony on that show, and he's great. And we've got Touchdown Under with the boys from Australia. We have so much to check out, so make sure that you check it out. Not just your nonstop shop. It is your one-stop shop for everything Pittsburgh Steelers. How are you, my friend? I am doing great. How are you doing today? Doing well. It, My gosh, it's a scorcher this week in Maryland. And I got to tell you, I'm... Uh, I'm feeling it. So AC is really nice to me. Well, I'll tell you this. It was really hot here yesterday. It's really, it's raining right now. It's about 20 degrees cooler. So you have that coming your way. So Tony, I got to tell you, let's talk about weather. This was a beautiful, crisp, cool November day back in the day by the three rivers for the Pittsburgh Steelers. 
And the Steelers were playing in a time when they were the defending National Football League champions once again. So I'm kind of giving it away. So let's go back in time when Heartache Tonight by the Eagles was your number one song on the charts. Another hot song at the time was Pop Music by M. But the week ending had the Eagles on top. And that was a great number one song for those guys. In fact, I believe that was their last number one song. I know that's a song you like to hum in the car. Actually, I have, uh, I was a big Eagles fan back in the day, back in the 90s when they had kind of had their reunion tour. I bought a couple of their CDs or best ever or greatest ever from like the early 70s and then the late 70s. It was pretty good stuff. Huge fan of all of the Eagles, even their solo work as well. Another one that I'm a big fan of is the woman that starred in the number one movie this date in 1979. It was Bo Derek 10. Was she a perfect 10 to you, Tony? I'd say so. Yeah. I mean, as a a seven-year-old, gave me a lot to think about as far as what my future would be. (laughs) Say no more on that. (laughs) I would have loved to have seen the posters on the wall on a young Tony Defio. I was a big Brooke Shields fan. She was really my first. Her and uh, Melissa Gilbert, as far as uh, TV crushes. (laughs) I can't imagine a Melissa Gilbert poster on your wall wearing a bikini. Not back then, but she was older than me. So I was allowed to have a crush on her. So So you had the little, she was wearing the little house frock. Right. Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, As for the Steelers. Yes, it was 1979, November 4th. And the Steelers did enter the contest as the defending champions. But they were not the most recent title winners to inhabit Three Rivers Stadium as the Pittsburgh Pirates were less than a month removed from hoisting the World Series trophy. We are family. What a great time to be a fan. Man, I love it. And that place was going nuts as the city of champions, Tony. The Steelers were doing pretty well at that point. They were coming into this game at seven and two. But they had some visitors from the Capitol. Yes, the Washington Redskins were coming in at 6-3 and three with a really good defense. In fact, they had allowed the fewest amount of points at that point in the season. They were also number seven against the rush, number three against the pass. This was a really good team. Jack Pardee's Washington Redskins behind some guys that we know, Joe Theismann, John Riggins. What a great team. The defense was a lot like they are today. Just a really stout, unknown defense, but pretty good. But the Steelers, Tony, they were packing a punch on offense. They were the number one offense in the league, number two overall rushing, number two as far as Terry Branch on the passing team, a team with firepower. Now, they did have problems, though, coming into this game as far as handling the ball. Is that true, Tony? Yeah, believe it or not, they would go on to lead the NFL and turnovers that year at 52. But as you said, their offense was so good, so potent, and it really had taken over as far as the, the driving force of the team. The defense was still really, really good. But by the late 70s, Terry Bradshaw had come into his own. He was a 1978 NFL MVP. So they turned the ball over a lot, but they were so talented that they were able to overcome that. Now, something that the announcers, Kurt Gowdy and Hank Stram, were talking about through this game, and wow, they were fantastic calling this game. They mentioned that the Steelers had switched their offensive philosophy from run first to pass first around 1977, and that was one of the reasons that with the firepower that they had, 
continuing to win. When the Mel Blunt role came into effect right around that time, the Steelers changed their philosophy as well to roll with the punches, and they became a high-powered team as well. So it was one of those things that they were keeping up with the other teams in the National Football League. In fact, not even just keeping up, Tony. They were leading the way. They certainly were. I mean, and that, that, to me, that's a sign of a great coach, a great organization, a confident organization. All right, you're changing the, the rules. You're, you're making it harder for us to play defense, opening things up for, for the offense. We're not just going to complain about it. We're going to take advantage of it, and we're going to utilize our, our talented players, and we're going we're to be the best at it in the league, and they certainly were. The Redskins won the coin toss and elected to receive. After a 23-yard return by Buddy Hardiman, the visitors came out with Joe Theismann leading the offense with good starting field position at the 34-yard line. But the likes of Jack Lambert, the Steelers' leading tackler, and Mel Blunt held Jack Pardee's team to a three-and-out. Three-and-outs were kind of the flavor of the day for the Burgundy and Gold. The number one offense in the league started out deep in their own end at their own eleven. Out came the stars. John Stallworth caught a second down pass from Terry Bradshaw to move the chains. Good old number 82, Tony. He came in as the leading receiver in yards in the league. Then two straight handoffs to the other huge offensive star. Franco Harris netted first downs and made Franco the fifth player in league history to go for over 8,000 yards rushing. Number 32 joined great company. Jim Brown, O.J. Simpson, Jim Taylor, and Joe Perry in that prestigious class. I got to tell you, a trap by Steve Corson helped Franco get free as well. This offense was really helping Franco out, but Franco was doing it. And for being a fairly young player at the time, remember, he was a rookie in 1972. In 1979, just his eighth season, to be in that class, Tony, Franco was forever. It was tremendous, and it was such a nice thing for me to see personally, to see him reach this milestone by watching this game after the fact. I saw in in a recent past with how Pittsburgh's offense flowed through Le'Veon Bell. Franco Harris uh, in the 70s, he he did that for about a decade. And yeah, for him to be as young as he was and and to eclipse 8,000 yards, that was a remarkable thing. But after Sidney Thornton was stopped cold and Stallworth was halted just short of the sticks, Out came rookie Craig Colquitt, and Colquitt was the only two-step punter in the league. He punted the ball away, but it didn't matter much to Skins fans, as harassment by Jack Ham, Robin Cole, and Dwight White forced another Mike Bragg punt, and Mike Bragg was busy on the day. Let's talk about Colquitt. People don't realize that two-step punt was rare in those days, and Colquitt was a really good player for that team. He was, and I've watched some other games, and, and they talked about how good he was at being a coffin corner punter, and, and I never realized how talented he was as a punter. But yeah, you're right. For the time, a two-step punter was rare, and I'm sure it came in handy a lot because the Steelers had their issues with special teams back in the 70s, so I'm sure there might have been a few more blocks. It was a pretty neat uh, thing to find out about him. Colquitt was the one guy that solidified the special teams for the Steelers because they had problems place kicking. They had problems punting with Bobby Walden years before. So with that, Colquitt was refreshing. And another thing that this guy did, he sired some great punters as well. Britton and Dustin (laughs) were longtime punters in the league, also out of the University of Tennessee. 
On a second down play, Bradshaw moved the men of steel past midfield with a first down strike to Randy Grossman. Then the suddenly mustachioed signal caller found number 84 again for a 30-yard pass play down deep in Washington territory at their 11. I heard the announcers talk about TB12 having a mustache, but I didn't believe it, so I had to pause. That was a light thing, but it was pretty big. It was. It was unusual. You don't usually see very many highlights of, of old Terry Bradshaw, the blonde bomber with a, with a blonde mustache. I guess he was trying some things out back in the uh, late 70s. He was in movies with the great Burt Reynolds. Oh, the awesome Burt Reynolds. That oh, guy yeah. knew, knew a few things about a mustache. Terry Bradshaw, he was expanding his brand. Yeah. And so I guess the mustache was coming along with it. On the next play, Terry got pressure from the staunch Redskin defense and shifted left. And then he located Stallworth for the score and a 7-0 lead after Matt Barr's point after with 520 remaining in the first. That was a beautiful pass. It was a straight drop back. And Terry's passes didn't look pretty on release, but they were effective, Tony. Yeah, they weren't always pretty, but he has such a strong arm and he has confidence in his weapons that, that he tried to thread the needle and, and this play he didn't really have to it was just it was just a great a great play and a great pass and a, and a great catch by by Starworth the Steelers defense came on to defend and seemingly held Washington to another punt but a Dwayne Woodruff the rookie from Louisville that seems so weird to say that he was a rookie right. he held on third down and extended the drive after passes from Theismann to Hardeman and Clarence Harmon moving the chains the white-shirted visitors got into Steelers territory. Then a Theismann pump fake fooled the Steelers defense as he hit Ricky Thompson with a long ball and a 35-yard pass play to get to a first and goal on the Steeler four as the first quarter ended. After the break, Riggins took a second down handoff. He ran right, untouched for the touchdown. John Riggins, we know of him as a punishing back. This was a beautiful run where he didn't have to be punishing. He didn't have to break tackles. He just ran it right in. It was a great job by the Washington offense. But this was probably the best that he did all day long as the Steelers bottled up a great runner that day. It was a great answer for, for Washington after Pittsburgh took that 7 nothing lead. And for them to come down, it was aided by a penalty, yeah, but still they took advantage of it. So at this point, it looked like it was going to be a, one heck of a, a matchup on, on this Sunday afternoon at Three River Stadium. Then Larry Anderson's 20-yard kickoff return set the Steelers up to start at the 26. On second down, the Blonde Bomber dropped back and connected with Lynn Swan 15 yards downfield. And number 88, well, he racked up some rack, taking it for a 41-yard gain to the Burgundy and Gold 33. Then Terry went to the other side and hooked up with his other buddy. It was Stallworth who got to the 13-yard line. Even with the ball on the four with a yard and a half to go, the Washington defense held strong and on came rookie Matt Barr with a 21-yarder and a 10-7 to advantage. Three plays and nothing much brought on Bradshaw and the offense again and immediately 12 struck 88 for a gain of 27. And then Jim Smith, that's a guy we love. He came up big on a third and nine. Sidney Thornton got into the mix. Then he caught a five-yard screen and rumbled 21 yards to the seven-yard line. A hold on a Franco run set the black and gold back to the 17, but have no fear, Bradshaw. He faked the screen. He rolled right and lofted a beautiful screen pass to the left. 
in the waiting arms of one Benny Cunningham, number 89. Tony, what did Benny do the rest of the way? He followed some great blocking and took it into the end zone, a 17-yard score to make it 17-7. Beautifully designed play. I, I was really impressed by this play. The blocking, Benny Cunningham's athleticism, how he fought his way into the end zone. It's one of my favorite plays that, they, that I've seen from, from these uh, late 70s games. It's really a beautifully designed play, and, and, and Washington had no answer for it. It was 17-7 now midway through the second. Would the Steelers continue to pour it on, or would the Washington Redskins come back? We'll talk about that next when we come back right after this on the Steelers Retro Show from BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome back to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. My name is Brian Anthony Davis. Tony Defio is alongside me, as always, as we go back in time to another great Steeler game from yesteryear. This time we are looking at November 4th, 1979. It's the Steelers taking on a very good Washington Redskins team as well. And so it was definitely a battle, Tony. So far, we have seen great offense from the Pittsburgh Steelers, my friend. We have. They've pretty much been a clinic up to this point. Washington, they answered with the one drive, but... It's pretty much been all Pittsburgh as far as the offense up to this point in the game. When the Steelers got the ball back again, they found themselves continuing a great day of favorable field position. Tony, it seemed like they were starting around the 40 each and every time. With Franco carrying the mail and Bradshaw spreading the ball around to Cunningham, Swan, and Stallworth, the Steelers looked to have another vacation to the end zone booked. But the drive stalled and the Steelers ended up with nothing as Matt Barr was wide left from 45 yards out. Here we go again with the Penn State rookie. On Washington's next opportunity, the Steel Curtain stonewalled John Riggins and company yet again behind Joe Green and Jack Lambert. So right before the two-minute warning, the Steelers got a chance to widen the black and gold lead. But the valuable Sidney Thornton limped off of the field, and on a third down play, Bradshaw crossed the offense past midfield on a pass to Stallworth. A near interception by Ray Waddy almost spoiled a half with no turnovers and no sacks. But then Bradshaw said, hey, we don't want to spoil things. <laughs> so he went deep to Jim Smith. But Joe Lavender, that's a cool name, Tony. Joe Lavender. You like that? I do. It's a very late 70s sounding name. He, he, was, he fit right in with what his era. Tony Lavender. That sounds good. <laughs> you should try that. I will. Smooth Tony Lavender. So Joe Lavender was there with the pick and the spoil, but the interception may have really, gosh, it helped Chuck Knoll's team here, Tony. Backed up at their own four-yard line, the Redskins elected to not play it safe and to go looking for late points inside of a minute. Theismann's pass to Ike Forte, who took the ball to the 30, hit the ground after Forte was pounded by Jack Lambert. Mel Blunt retrieved the fumble and moved the ball to the five-yard line. On the very next play, TB12, 
to Randy Grossman for the score. At the half, the Steelers led 24 to 7. Randy Grossman's a guy that a lot of people don't realize how special he was for that team. In fact, I will say that he is the second best number 84 in Pittsburgh Steelers history. This guy was really good. He caught a lot of balls. He was listed as a tight end, but he was on the small side, Tony. He was an extra receiver, really, for Terry Bradshaw and that team in the 70s, Tony. He certainly was. I mean, he was really more of a, as you said, a a big receiver than he was a tight end. But regardless, he was a very valuable member of their offense. And, you know, he he caught a touchdown pass in Super Bowl 10. He made some really some important catches in Super Bowl 13 the year before. And he filled in a lot whenever injuries. So, yeah, he was a very valuable member. And, And for Washington to get that interception right before the half, turn it right back over and then fall behind by 17 points. I mean, they had to be extremely frustrated going into the locker room. Grossman from Temple, I had a chance to meet him maybe about 10 years ago backstage at an autograph signing, and he was one of the sweetest guys I've ever met. Uh, Just a nice dude, just a soft-spoken guy. It was great to talk to him, and he cited his greatest moment, not to me, but to the announcers in this game. It was seeing his face on a bubblegum card for the first time. And he also was famous for riding his bike to work a lot like Juju years later, Tony. Yeah, I was impressed by that. I, I, everything's made into a bigger thing today. But yeah, that, that was going on back then. And I, it was a pretty neat story to, to hear that he rode his bike to work. It was pretty cool. The man that threw the touchdown pass to Randy Grossman, Terry Bradshaw, he had three touchdowns and 246 yards passing in the first half. The Skins got into a hurry-up offense, and with 10 seconds left, Mark Mosley, well, he went wide left as the half ended. The Steelers had the ball to start the second half and came out with Rocky Blyer leading the way on a third and eight from their own 35. Terry Bradshaw threw a strike about 10 yards downfield that bounced off of his intended receiver, John Stallworth. Well, when you get the ball bouncing up in the air, Tony, it's usually a bad thing. What happened here? Just like the, uh, our last retro show, he showed tremendous concentration and, and he kept the ball alive. He caught it and he outraced his uh, defenders 65 yards for a touchdown. And just like that, blowout city at Old Three River Stadium, 31-7. What a, what a great play by him. And Stallworth, he was such a valuable member for them in 1979. They had injury issues. Swan missed a few games. He rose up 70 catches, ultimately 1100 yards, almost like his coming out year for, for them. When you saw him catch the ball in the middle of the field between two defenders, you knew it was over. He wasn't known for his speed, but he was racing to the end zone. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is a thing of beauty to watch John Stallworth with the ball in the open field. Yeah, Lynn Swan once said that defenders often had a hard time judging John Stallworth's speed. And I think he was also the one who said that when you would watch those slow motion highlights on NFL films, his head never moved, put a glass of water on on his helmet and he wouldn't spill a drop. That's that's how graceful he was. And he was obviously it took him a long time to get into the Hall of Fame, both of those guys, but they certainly both deserve to be there. It's now 31 to seven Steelers after that 65 yard score. It was Bradshaw's first four TD came in his career and his first 300 yard game in the regular season. You know, that's hard to believe that that was only his second 300-yard game. His first 300-yard game was in Super Bowl thirteen against the Dallas Cowboys, and he had one here. 300-yard games now are normal, Tony, but back then, they weren't so. 
I thought it was neat to, to hear Kurt Gowdy. I mean, all throughout the game, he was talking about the kind of game that Bradshaw was having and how, you know, he was hoping that he would get to 400 because it was, it would have been a, a great thing to, to call. And it just shows you how, how much the game has changed since, since that time. And with, with, with passing back then, a 300 yard game is rare, but a 400 yard game, that was, was like a 500 yard game today. So it shows you how much the game has evolved over the last four plus decades. So now it was time for the Washington Redskins to see if they could counter. They were down by a lot, but no. Mel Blunt intercepted Theismann's first pass, and Bradshaw's afternoon was over in a move that seemed like a safety precaution by Noel, but apparently he had a slight head injury, and they were far enough ahead that it didn't matter, Tony. But as you said, with the injury, even, even though it was a minor injury, I guess they didn't want to take any chances. And they were so good and so dominant. And the defense was so confident that you, you knew they weren't going to give up this lead. And back then, a 24-point lead was, it almost seemed insurmountable compared to today. Mike Krusek came into the contest and the Steelers kept it on the ground for the most part. After getting down to the Washington 24, Krusek mishandled the snap and Monty Coleman recovered the football for the Steelers. 18th lost fumble of the season but again the pittsburgh defense allowed no movement at all for the redskins 18 lost fumbles on the season and this is week 10 tony wow is this a 12 and 4 team or is this a 4 and 12 team (laughs) but as i said earlier they had so much talent and so much confidence in themselves and they had been through so much as a team that you know they let stuff like this just roll off their back and they knew they were good enough to to make up for it if they're if their teammates made a mistake, whether on offense or defense, they knew that they could, they could pick up the slack. So the Steelers got the ball back, but there was an odd personal foul on Key Bell. So the Steelers started out on their own five-yard line. Apparently what number 83 did was he let the ball bounce and then went to block the defender. So that is considered a personal foul. I don't even know if that happens these days. Under Krusik, the Steelers were moving the ball, a 31-yard pass to Bell, and then a completion to Swan for another first down had the Steelers at midfield. With a mix of Franco running and Krusek throws to Swan, the home team was marching toward the end zone again, but a sack of Krusek gave Matt Barr the opportunity to miss another field goal. <laughs> this time it was 37 yards out. No disrespect to Matt Barr, but every time we do a game, He's missing multiple field goals. He just had a rough rookie year, but like you said earlier, a great career. The Steelers still led, though, 31-7 to early in the fourth quarter. On the second play of the ensuing drive, the punishing defenders in black shirts with gold trim continue to wreak havoc on the skins. Harmon on a draw was hit by Tom Beasley to jar the ball loose. John Banaszak recovered, and the Steelers had the ball back at the 19-yard line. And Tony, they would make the Redskins pay. A pass to Jim Smith, two nice runs by rookie Anthony Anderson, and a third-down plunge of two yards by acting great Rick Moser for the TD made the score 38-7 to after Barr's point after. So Rick Moser, a guy we talked about on past retro shows, had the touchdown. He had... A lot of success with the Steelers on special teams, but a lot of success in acting. And he had bit parts. Anytime there was a sports movie, not only was he an extra, a player on the football field, but he was 
the football coordinator for the producers of that film. A great career by Rick Moser, and he was a Super Bowl winner twice for the Steelers, so it was refreshing to see. To follow, the Skins started to get penetration on the Steelers' defense with runs by John Riggins and a fourth down scramble by Theismann. But a safety blitz by Shell for a sack brought up a third and 20. Then coverage by Dwayne Woodruff and a stop by Robin Cole led to the dreaded turnover on downs. The Steelers did then bring in their reserves even more to work on the clock. And again, Anthony Anderson, number 33, impressed with a 31-yard gain. On fourth and a half yard, the Steelers tried to ice the game, but Krusek mishandled another snap. The Redskins brought in Jim McQuilkin to mop up for Theismann as the clock drained. It wasn't a thriller, but to watch the Steelers dominate at the height of their powers was glorious. And it was even more glorious when Shell picked off McQuilkin with 26 seconds left in the game. It was sealed. And once again, Donnie Shell on the retro show, shining like diamonds, Tony. Absolutely. It seems like I think we've uh, chronicled every single one of his takeaways from that <laughs> era. Because, I mean, every time, we, as you said, every time we do a game where he's playing, he comes up with a big play. And this wasn't a big play, but it was still another takeaway by a future Hall of Famer. And fun to watch this game. And, and it was funny to see Kruzak fumble again and then, and then Washington go turn right around and turn the ball right back over. It was just a funny thing to see. He was still a very solid backup in Pittsburgh Steeler history. I will tell you that. So Krusek ended the game five for seven with 79 yards. Bradshaw, big star here, 15 for 27, 311 yards, four touchdowns, count them four, and one interception. Harris was 15 for 62 on the day. Anthony Anderson, six carries, 56 yards for a guy that I'm not too familiar with. I'm going to look into his career a little bit more. John Starworth, six catches for 126 yards and two touchdowns. Lynn Swan, five catches for 106. Randy Grossman, three for 49 and a touchdown. Cunningham, two for 29, one touchdown. And the Steelers defense, man, they just dominated. Tony, who are you giving your game ball to on this beautiful November 4th day in 1979? It's got to be John Starworth. As I said earlier, he was the MVP of the team that year. He was such a valuable member when, when they had injuries because that whole team suffered through injuries all throughout that year. And, and he was just a shining beacon of light all throughout 79. And he had his best year up to that point. So yeah, it's definitely John Starworth just for that one play alone. It was a productive day all around. If you don't know what happened in 1979, well, it was Super Bowl number four in Pasadena. Super Bowl 14, but Super Bowl number four for the Steelers. It was win number four as well. So once again, a gateway to another championship for the Steelers. This was their last championship of that era. They didn't get another one for 26 more years, but this was such a special team, such a special time. And I know this was not a tight game, but it's great to chronicle greatness. And that's what we did today, Tony. It's fun listening to the national announcers of, of the late 70s talk about these Steelers teams because they talk about them with the kind of reverence that announcers today talk about, like the Patriots, you know, or at least back when they were still when they still had Tom Brady. Just that, you know, that reverence of how, how good they are, how good Chuck Noll was, how good Bradshaw and that defense, Franco, everybody. It was it, it was fun because basically this was 
this, you know, they were the Packers of the sixties, you know, you know, they, they were that team of this era. So thanks so much for checking this game out with me today. I appreciate it as always. You too, my man. You too. It was a lot of fun. And, and these games, because Super Bowl games, I don't get to watch these very often, but it was fun to go back and watch these games for the first time really ever. So for Tony Defio, my name is Brian Anthony Davis. We love that you hang out with us in our DeLorean, as Huey Lewis would say, from that great movie that we take the DeLorean and the whole concept for the retro show, Back to the Future. You can take us away. We don't mind. But you better promise us we'll be back in time. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.